Welcome to Fantasy Baseball Weekly. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball Weekly, your weekly radio program designed exclusively to help you win your league. You can catch us on Max Sports Channels, on Armed Forces Sports Radio Network, and at Baseball Talk Radio. My name is Phil Nasons, and I am the host of this show, as well as the host of the internationally syndicated radio show, The Phil Nasons Show. I also write fantasy baseball columns over at athleticsnation.com. My guest is here. He's from VivaAlbertos.com. Eric Johnson, welcome back to the show. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm crawling back into things in all my leagues. I had a good week right leading into the All-Star break. But uh, my boy Wainwright, not not uh, looking too good either like spoken word or on the mound <laughs> over the last few days. You know what? Uh, I, I wrote a little something. We talked about this on Thursday's show. And I wrote a little something about this uh, at Athletics Nation. And for me, I don't really care if he piped one or not. I don't care. You know what? If if he did do it on purpose, then it is what we've always thought it would be. It's an exhibition no matter what is at stake. And if he didn't, then Derek Jeter's done what he's always done, and that's hit. So either way, it's a win-win. They make such a big deal out of some of these things. You know, Adam Wainwright, maybe he was trying to make a joke. It is what it is. I mean, what do you think about all that with the All Star Game? You're you're a Cardinal guy. What do you think about that? Uh, it just it's a spectacle, and it should be that way. Um, I think Wainwright just did himself a disservice. You know what? You can do that stuff, but you don't have to talk about it. You know, no no one expects you to go out there and win the game, and this making this thing count doesn't really matter a whole heck of a lot either. Uh, so you know, just go out and play. And if you want to pipe him a couple, fine. You know, but if you're going to pipe Derek Jeter a couple in that spot in his last All-Star game, you probably better expect him to hit a double or maybe a homer or something like that because it's Derek Jeter. I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm not a Yankees fan, but I, I've always respected Derek Jeter. He's the only legitimate baseball captain in New York, and I'm a Mets fan. I have to look at David Wright every day. I mean, but it is what it is. But come on, it's an exhibition for God's sakes. Do you think Daniel Murphy actually gives a rat's ass who wins the game in home field advantage? His, he's The only thing he's thinking about in October is where he's going on vacation. I mean, some of these yeah. – I mean, let's just be honest about it. I, I think they should take away that whole plan for home field advantage and just going back to letting the guys be guys, letting them be kids and having fun and entertaining the fans because it's both, that's what it was always meant for. I remember when it was played twice. I mean, let's just get it back to where it was. Yeah, I I'm with you. I just don't understand why I don't understand why it has to count for guys to show up and play. And the way that what's really happened to me, that the sad thing is that it's turned into this because now it counts, we've now turned the pitching staffs into a whole bunch of closers. And I posted on Twitter the other day, I'm like, you know, you should limit the rosters to two closers for each side. We need to be seeing some starting pitchers. There's a ton of starting pitchers that were deserved to be in the game or at least invited to the game this year and weren't because you have, you're carrying all these one-inning guys. So I don't like that part of it. 
Um, I'm hoping maybe it'll go back to the way it was when Seelig, you know, has his his nice exit at the end of the year. But uh, I, I'm not uh, <laughs> I'm not overly optimistic on that front, I guess. Nope, I'm not either. But I wish it would go back to the way it was. And you know, back to the Wainwright thing. Yeah, maybe he shouldn't have said anything, even as a joke, because you know how social media runs with things. And and, and I didn't agree with Erin Andrews and her <laughs> little sappy interview. But it is what it is. I mean, it's just an all-star game, for God's sakes. If it really mattered, Clayton Kershaw would have been facing King Felix, and they would have probably both pitched seven, eight innings. <laughs> and it would have, and, and you would have had a starting lineup chosen by the manager and not by the fans. Derek Jeter would not have been leading off the game. He probably wouldn't even have gotten into the game, even though he did make a nice play right off the bat, dive into the hole. You're not going to get Andrew McCutcheon out anyway. Even in his prime, he wouldn't have been able to do that. But still in all, let's be real here. I mean, <laughs> goodness gracious. Well, Daniel Murphy wouldn't be hitting in the most important spot in the game for the National League, probably. Yeah, well, I'll tell I'm you what. I'm just guessing. I'm guessing you're right. But you know something? <laughs> Daniel Murphy, man. When you talk about Daniel Murphy, Daniel Murphy is like one of my fantasy go-to guys, especially in daily baseball. Man, but he here's the thing. I played him four days in a row last week. He didn't do squat. The day I decide not to put him in, he goes three for four. I mean, but Daniel Murphy, I call him a professional hitter, and I think you know that what I mean by that. But for those of you who listening who don't, it's a nice way of saying the only reason he's on the field is because he can't hit, because his defense is pretty rough. But right. Daniel Murphy, let's get into second baseman, though. Uh, injuries, man. This is ridiculous. Brandon Phillips, bye-bye. Eight weeks, eight to 12 weeks. We talked about him on my daily show. I had Brandon in one of my leagues where I already had three guys on the DL. Or I should say I had one guy on the DL. Two other guys are on the disabled list that are sitting on my bench. I had to dump Brandon Phillips because at the end of the day, when he does come back, if he comes back, it's going to be the playoffs, and it won't matter then if I – have that empty spot on my roster, I'm probably not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, there's the thing is, Phillips going down is the least um, of the issues for guys that, you know, uh, in most leagues right now because you have two second basemen that have been called up in the last week and a half to two weeks that you can really probably count on to get some halfway decent at-bats the rest of the year, and that's Mookie Betts. And uh, Arizmendi Alcantara for the Cubs. Um, I was I called Alcantara up to replace Darwin Barney when he went on um, paternity leave to have his child. And Alcantara comes up and just starts raking the ball over the ballpark, which if you've watched him at all at AAA this year, and I have, you expected that. So it's going to be hard to send him back down, I think, um, just because they just acquired Addison Russell. They got a whole bunch of playing time they need to get guys for the in triple a and and he's definitely better than any of the other options they have so i have a feeling he's going to stay up there the other thing that's nice about those two guys phil is that they both are probably going to have dual eligibility in both the outfield and at second base and that's going to be huge you know we've seen over the years how valuable guys like that are and you know and of course the big one plays for the rays and he's qualified second base, shortstop, middle infield, first base, you know, all kinds of places. And that makes him a really valuable fantasy asset. 
So those two guys I would look at, they're both less than 10% owned um, as of right now. So they're both, they both might actually be better than Brandon Phillips down the stretch run. So you might actually luck out if you're able to land either of those two guys. I'm an El Contrera guy, and that's what I did. I picked him up. But, uh, yeah, jeez, I'm a dual-eligible guy, as you know. I love that, and, and I think that's important. I, those are good calls, by the way, very good calls. Now, Yadier Molina, he's out, too, 8 to 12 weeks. It, that's another big hit for old Phil. He had Brandon and uh, Yadier on the same team, and guess what? Yadier suffered the same fate as Brandon Phillips did. <laughs> Because I have to win that league, man. I have to cash out this year. Yeah, this this is how we know it's a fake team because you put those two guys on the same team, one of them is going to end up injuring the other one at spring training. There's no <laughs> love lost between those two guys. Absolutely. Uh, as far as Molina goes, <clears throat> it depends on your league. If if you're in a dual catch two catcher league, you might as well just pick up Tony Cruz because he's he's going to be decent. He's going to play a lot of, in in Yachty's absence. Um, and he's not a bad hitter. He, he's been a halfway decent hitter in a backup role. Given the full-time reigns, I think he'd probably be okay. If you're in a single-catcher league, then there's a, a couple guys to look at. If it's NL only, it's Travis Dernod from the Mets. He's had his struggles for sure, but that team's really not going anywhere. So he's going to get some at-bats towards the end of the year. Um, a couple other guys are in the American League. Robinson Chirinos for the Rangers. That's another team that's not really going anywhere. He's young. He's probably going to get to play a lot. Giovanni Soto's terrible. So, I mean, he's going to play. He had a pretty decent first half. And then Stephen Boat for the for Oakland, which I think we talked about him on our last podcast, last uh, show. He's a pretty good player. And, again, he's a dual-eligible guy. He's going to qualify at first. He's going to qualify at the outfield and probably catcher as well. He's played five games already this year. <clears throat> so, you know, those, again, three halfway decent guys are not going to put up huge numbers for you. But Yadi Molina wasn't doing that for you anyway. He was not putting up numbers like he had the last couple of seasons. So th- those guys can definitely fill in for you if you need it. Absolutely. Uh, Travis Darno is, is when he got sent down, he started tearing it up again. They brought him back up, and he's hitting. He's a good pickup. That's actually who I picked up. Cruz is another one. Cruz, first night as the starter, I think he went what three for four. He was uh, I got him on a one point. I got him for like two thousand one hundred dollars on my fan daily fantasy, and I think he got like twelve points that day. Great call on that, Stephen Vote. The only thing about Stephen Vote is that he doesn't play every day, and, and that's a difficult one for me. But he's he's a dual eligible guy, and, and he'll get more at bats. I'll tell you who's available. Um, at least 62% as of today on ESPN is Wilson Ramos from Washington. He's still out there. You could probably pick him up on your waiver wire. Mike Zanino from uh, Seattle is another one that you could probably pick up. But you're right. Yadier had a, has had a rough year, and you have to wonder how long he's actually been injured. You know, I, I, he just hasn't seemed to swing the bat the way he did last year. <clears throat> Yeah, I think he's been banged up a little bit. Um, but, I mean, the injury that he suffered to put him out, I mean, that clearly happened on that play. You could see it on the on the, on the the review, you know. But you know, can we get can we stop sliding headfirst into bases? I mean, there's not a great track record here, people. I mean, we just need to stop doing it. 
Cal Ripken played 2,000-some consecutive games, never slid headfirst into a base. Those things, two things are related. You don't get hurt sliding in feet first. I don't know why these guys continue to slide in headfirst. It makes no sense to me at all. Um, Pete Rose is about the only guy who's done it that never got hurt doing it, I think. And that's just a stroke of luck more than anything else. But we've seen three really terrible injuries. Phillips, Molina, and, of course, Bryce Harper had this. And he was out, what, close to almost 10 weeks for the same injury that he suffered back in April. So, you know, if you got (laughs) – so word to fantasy-wise, if you got a guy who's a big stolen base guy and is sliding in headfirst all the time, take note of that because he might miss some time due to injury. That's a very good point, too. And Pete Rose, he was more like a belly flopper. And, and not a, uh, and not like these guys. These guys are doing some crazy things. I, I've never liked the head first slide. I played fast pitch softball, probably the highest level you can, and never did I do that. Never. But then I wasn't on base enough, probably. I guess. But <laughs> well, you're never on base enough in fast pitch softball, anyway. <laughs> right. I played in New Zealand for uh, two years, two winters, and that's where that's big time there. And oh my own. These guys are throwing 100 miles an hour from 46 feet. That's that's dangerous. Yeah, if you got a 200 OBP in fast pitch, you're doing pretty good. Yeah, see, but when I was playing, they didn't have any of those things. But yeah, exactly right. Yeah, if you got it, yeah, when you get on base, it's one of the most boring defensive games. It, it drives me crazy because your pitcher is going to throw. You know, we had a guy who threw every day double headers, also strike out like 14, 15 guys. Yeah. And, and maybe two two or two to three at-bats were balls that were hit. I mean, and you have to be on your toes all the time. It's nerve-wracking. One-run games. The guy I'm talking about threw, I think, 17 no-hitters that year. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. But that was fun days. But back to, the, back to baseball. Back to fantasy baseball. I'm getting sidetracked here, which is actually <laughs> a good thing sometimes because Masahiro Tanaka is also out. Now, I avoided the Tanaka rush to grab him, not because I thought he would get injured, because I thought maybe he wouldn't be worth the money that people were shelling out. I think he's not going to be around for at least another year. Well, that's a big hit. If he's on your daily team, or I, I'm sorry, he's on your standard league team, you drop him. But if you're in a dynasty league, you got to keep him, right? Yeah, if you're in a dynasty, I think you have to keep him. Um it depend. I guess it depends on if you're in an auction league, what value he's at. If he's going to be a guy you're going to have to cut at the end of the season anyway, then you might as well just cut him now because he's probably done for the year. Um, but if he, if you got him at a halfway decent dollar value in that ten to twenty dollar range, he's probably worth keeping because he is a pretty dominant pitcher. Uh, but he was starting to struggle a little bit right before he got hurt too, and. He'd been throwing a lot more split finger fastballs than he had ever before um, in the in the Japanese league. So I, I think teams had started to figure him out just a little bit. So I would not expect him to be as dominant as he probably was in that first two months of the season, where he looked like one of the best pitchers in baseball. I don't think he's quite that good. Um, he's probably an ace, but he's probably like a one A ace. He's not a Kershaw. He's not uh, Matt Harvey. That you know those type of guys you want to keep even if they're hurt for, you know, a year. Uh, Tanaka, maybe, just depends on the value. But for this season, you really have a couple guys to look at. Um, Nate Eovaldi, we've sung his praises before. He throws 98 miles an hour. 
Um, doesn't strike out as many as you think he would throwing that hard, but he's basically the ace of the Marlins rotation after her after uh, Jose Fernandez went down. He's still only owning about 21% of leagues. He's been one of my streamer pitchers all year because no one seems to pick him up and keep him. I can't figure out why. Um, and then the other two to look at, Jake Odorizzi, if he's available, 13% owned in Yahoo, 13% owned in uh, ESPN right now, I think. Um, he's going to be in the rotation for the race uh, pretty much for the rest of the year. Uh, you know, whether they trade David Price or not, he's going to be in there. And then Ruby De La Rosa, the Red Sox are going to deal a starter. I mean, they're going to they're going to trade somebody. So he's going to get starts. And this was a guy who came up with the Dodgers a few years ago and was just dominant, absolutely dominant. He's been dominant at AAA this year. I expect that to continue in the major leagues. He's got dynamite stuff. Um, he was part of that big trade where they swapped a whole bunch of players um, in 2012. So those guys would be guys to target if, if I was you. And, again, all of them seem to be readily available in most leagues. Those are all great targets. You know who I, I like a lot is Jacob deGrom. He's last couple outings, he's pitched really well. I, I enjoy watching him pitch. And more importantly, I enjoy him for the daily leagues. He's great value. Um, his last two games, actually, his last three games out, he struck out eight Marlins. He struck out 11 Braves. And then before that, he struck out eight Braves. He's had two games this season where he has uh, – had more than 10 strikeouts against Philadelphia and Atlanta. If you get him against one of those light-hitting teams that strike out a lot, pick him up, jump on him, and, and ride that thing. You're going to get 15 to 20 points out of him. And in a daily league like FanDuel, because we're not with Draft Street anymore because Draft Street doesn't exist, damn it. And uh, <laughs> they've been bought out by uh, DraftKings, so... Uh, we are no longer affiliated with those fellas. But uh, if you're in FanDuel and if you're playing those SB Nation FanDuel games where there's ten and 12,000 entries <laughs> and there's only for two bucks, Jacob DeGrom might not be a bad guy to take. Another one I'm looking at for uh, standard leagues, Clay Buckholz. He's 37% owned. He might be able to help you. You know who had a really nice ball game the other day was Jose Quintana. He had a mm -hmm. nasty ball game, and, and he's another one. He's 64% owned. He might be able to help you. If, if it were me, and I'm in the standard daily or standard league, 5x5, five five, I would probably just drop Tanaka and just run a streamer every day. That's what I would do because uh, there's so many options for you. It's a lot better than committing to one, especially at this point in the season, I think. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, you could DL him and do the same thing depending on how your how your league is too. So you don't necessarily have to drop him um, unless he's taking up a roster spot. Then you might want to do that. But I agree with you on streaming, especially this year. You have so many pitchers. There's just so many. So if you set up your league to be a streaming league this year for pitching, you know, hats off to you because you you picked the perfect year for it. Um, There's just a ton of guys to do that with. Um, what I would not do is make a trade. I just don't, there's no sense in trading for a starting pitcher, especially at this point. So you're only going to get 14, 13 to 14 starts out of whoever you trade for. So unless you're looking at a buy low candidate, I don't see any reason to do that. 
That's exactly right. And and I did set up that streamer league or streamer just for to write that one column that I'm not writing any longer because I just don't have the time. I'm getting ready to move back to America and I've got the daily show and all, all kinds of things. But uh, there's some other pitchers I like too. I like Tanner Rourke. He can pick you up some wins. Dylan G from the Mets too. You know, the Mets are actually starting to play pretty decently, but their pitching staff is really good. Even though they don't get the decision a lot of times, these guys strike out a lot of dudes. And and I like watching that because I'm a Mets fan. And there's not much else to watch the Mets for. Let's see, who else can we get? You know, Bartolo Colon, he's one where uh, I would be really careful with. He's lost, I think, his last three games, and I think he's been roughed up in each one of those. But, uh, yeah, he has been. And his strikeouts have been down. Okay, he got seven against Atlanta, but that's Atlanta. Be careful with Bartolo Colon because he's very streaky. He's also up for trade, so you never know what's going to happen there. You really don't know. What about Shelby Miller? Uh, what's going on with Shelby Miller? You're you're obviously the Cardinal guy. Yeah, I'd stay away from Shelby Miller. Um, I, I don't know what's going on with him, to be honest. But uh, the the one big thing I can tell you is that he's just violently inconsistent. He can look like you know Bob Gibson one night against the best offensive team in baseball, like he did. He went up basically. Went out to the Rogers Center and shut out the Blue Jays. And struck out 10, I think. And they were just, you know, basically spitting on the whole rest of the league at that point. But then, you know, he hasn't had, I think he's had one or two quality starts since then. That was over six weeks ago. So I, I just, he's not a guy I would even look at um, to, to, be a, <clears throat> to be a pickup. You know, and the other, the other guy I've seen a lot today going around is, is Kyle Gibson for the Twins. I would stay as far away from him as you can, to be honest. I don't see it. He doesn't strike out hardly anybody. He's on a team that really struggles to score runs at times. Um, If you picked him up to only start him at home, where his fly ball tendencies kind of die, as you saw in the All-Star game, you know, fly balls just die in that ballpark. So he might be decent there, but he's kind of like Phil Hughes. You only want to pitch him at home. So he does. if you're streaming him, great. You know, pick him up for home games, especially home games against two-thirds of their division because they'll stink on offense. But, you know, he's not a guy I would pick up for the long run at all. No, you're right. You know who I kind of like a little bit, at least in terms of strikeouts and in daily baseball? Strikeouts are king. Is Anderson Volquez. He gets a lot of strikeouts. He'll he'll average at least five or six. He's better than... uh, Phil Hughes, I think. Yeah. Uh, what is yeah. the story with Tim Lincecum? He's he really starting to suck because I had I was running him for a streamer and no one else did, <laughs> and now he's like ninety eight percent owned. Why why is he so good now? Lincecum, it just you know he's one of those that it just depends on the night you catch him. I mean, but he's he can be a really, really, really good starter and has shown that in the past. I mean, he's thrown a no-hitter this year and so on and so forth. Plays in a ballpark that swallows a lot of balls, so he can afford to, you know, not be on the top of his game when he's pitching there. But, you know, it's just one of those things where he's going to walk plenty. So he's not going to help your whip. 
so if you're if you're in a situation where you need help with your whip, he's not the guy to target. You know, Tim Hudson would be the guy to target, but I don't think he's going to be available in most leagues. Um, so you know, <laughs> it's just tough. Linton comes just a it's a tough nut to crack because he's not striking out ten per nine anymore, and hasn't for a couple of years. No, you're right. Unless he's playing against San Diego in Petco Park. That's when you target him because he's going <laughs> to just dominate those guys. And it's kind of funny. Every time I see uh, every time I see San, San Diego at home and I see a decent pitcher, especially a fly ball pitcher, I'm streaming him because I, I got a pretty good shot at winning that thing. It, it, because San Diego's is really, really bad. And They're uh, awful. <laughs> they really are. And, and it's a pity, too. You know, my friend Mark Berman, he, he, he's really good at prognosticating. He's very good at it. And I remember two years ago on our Mets segment, he said, the team you better watch out for are the San Diego Padres. And from the time he said that, they went right in the can, man. Just, he was just bummed because he's usually not far off with any of his predictions. And for him to be there, it was I, I, I rag on him all the time about it because uh, it's funny because that's the one thing that he misses. But I'll tell you what, uh, it's going to be an interesting week. The trades are going to happen. Keep those. Keep in mind, if you have a American League pitcher and an American League-only pitcher and he's traded to the National League, you've lost. <laughs> you've got to go and recoup your losses. Eric, great stuff today. Thank you so much for being on the show with me once again. No problem, Phil. Anytime. And, you know, now's the time to look for buy low trade candidates because I'm sure trades are coming up in your league. So start doing your homework on guys that, you know, are looking to rebound in that second half. That's exactly right. We were actually going to talk about some of those today, but then we got sidetracked, as we always do. But it's all good. <laughs> all right. I'll tell you what, uh, that's going to wrap it up for. This week's edition of Fantasy Baseball Weekly. Until next week, go out there and win your league. Thanks for listening. Good night. Stitcher Smart Radio is an award-winning, free mobile application that lets you listen to your favorite shows and discover the best of news, entertainment, and sports on demand. Now you don't even need a Wi-Fi or a cell connection to listen to shows like The Phil Nation Show. Never miss another show. It's real simple. Just go to Stitcher.com and download the free app today. And never miss another Phil Nason show. Been dreaming of that Greek vacation? Well, if you have, then you might want to check out the folks at the Aridi Grand Hotel located in beautiful Corfu, Greece. Come experience world-class cuisine as well as the hospitality that Greece is legendary for at the Aridi Grand Hotel. You can find them at aridihotel.com or email them at reservations at aridihotel.com. Brewtown Sports is your source for brewers' news and notes. Join Mr. Brewtown as he keeps you up to date on all the happenings of your Milwaukee Brewers and Major League Baseball. Follow the show on Facebook and Twitter, Brewtown Sports. Listen 24-7 at brewtownsports.podomatic.com. Hi, this is Gary Mack of Mets Musings, and I hope you'll join me each and every week 
as I recap all of the comings and goings on in New York Mets baseball. I'll have guests on from all across Mets Nation giving their insights and analysis on the New York Mets. And you can follow me on Twitter at Mets Musings 1, as well as on Facebook. Group name is Mets Musings. So tune in weekly to the Mets Musings, available at MetsMusings.com, Stitcher.com, iTunes.com, iHeartRadio, and of course, BaseballTalkRadio.com, the home of great baseball talk shows. If you like baseball, you should be checking out BaseballPodcasts.net. It's one of the best places you can go on the internet to listen to independent baseball talk shows. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week on our radio player that can be heard around the world. So won't you tune in and give us a listen at BaseballPodcasts.net. You can also listen to the great Phil Nason show here. See you there at BaseballPodcasts.net. Hi, this is Phil Nasons from This Week in Tennis and the Phil Nasons Show. Max Sports Channels offers the best in sports talk radio, as well as great music 24 hours a day. It's my daily destination, and I hope it's yours. The sports talk begins each and every day at 3 p.m. and ends around 9 p.m. Special programming on the weekends. And in between all that, the hottest music on the internet. That's Max Sports Channels. Make it your daily destination.